War never changes. Remember, no Russian. Did I ever tell you the definition of insanity? If I'm to choose between a greater and lesser evil, I'd rather not choose at all. I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. Everyone I have cared for has either died or left me. Everyone fucking except for you. Hello and welcome everyone to a new episode of Let's Talk Video Games. I'm Walter Nunez and I'm your host on this show. Last Friday we talked about Nintendo's Indie World, a showcase of independent games. One of those was Spiritfarer, one game that did leave an impression on me. Therefore, I decided to create a review of it. It is my first indie and I'm really excited. Once again, I will be reviewing the following aspects of the game. Story, world building, music and sound design, game mechanics and controls, and gaming details. So, without further ado, let's start. Talking about the story, I think, in this specific case, I am actually not sure if we can talk about a story per se. What we experience in Spiritfarer is better described as a journey. A journey of the one thing that we all experience eventually, death. Usually, when thinking about death, we think of scary, dark things, and that is quite normal. We are used to seeing death depicted that way on pretty much all media. I'm talking about things as old as history. Books, songs, poems, films, series, video games, and pretty much all media, as I said. However, Spiritfarer provides a different approach to this. It is described by its developer, Thunder Lotus Games, as a cozy management game about dying. It is based on the myth of Sharon, the ferryman of Hades. His job is carrying souls of the newly dead across the river Styx to the underworld. In order to be transported though, you need to pay for passage. That's why people used to have the tokens on their mouths when buried. Now, our journey starts when Sharon retires and appoints us the new spirit fairer. The main character is Stella. The main character is Stella, a girl with a beautiful cat called Daffodil, who is playable in cooperative mode. In order for us to do our job, we have to captain our own boat, and we need passengers. We will traverse through several islands in the spirit world in order to do that. Soon, you'll notice that most of these spirits are either your friends or your family. The journey you undertake will give you interesting and meaningful relationships and also will provide information about your own backstory. It is quite clever. You start playing with zero information about yourself, but through others, you start building a more solid character on Stella. It's similar to the way life works, isn't it? It is through experiences and the people that we surround ourselves that we forge our own path. The most important things in this game are... One, the relationships between captain and guests that are on the boat, and seeing that as a natural, not horrible thing. Regarding world building, I think the first thing I want to address is the style. The animations of this 2D platformer resemble a lot of the 80s and 90s cartoon style. This makes the whole game feel older and somehow less dynamic. But that is not a bad thing. This is what provides the chill vibe to the whole game. It is what makes it work so damn well. While playing Spiritfarer, you are traveling through a different world to ours. All of the characters are hidden in a sort of cloak. 
therefore they're just a walking hoodie with two eyes. Quite cute to be honest. However, when you manage to get one of those spirits inside your boat, they reveal themselves. They are animals with human-like characteristics. All of them have different personalities, but there is more to each character. Each has its own story, sometimes experiences with you, and they teach you different things. Now, the world as a platformer sounds quite small, doesn't it? But it is not exactly the case. You can explore several islands, which all contain different concepts. Some are mining islands and some have worker rebellions. Some of them have even a tour. That island specifically is one of my favorite ones. It was super cute to see a little spirit giving a tour of a rather small island. Some of the characters have specific connections with islands in the game too. And there's also the mail. You will get letters from unknown people at times that invite you to travel to a specific point or island. For instance, as I said before, you can partake in a rebellion of workers against the Tanuki market. You cannot explore the whole world at the beginning. However, by upgrading your boat, you can travel to icy areas, for instance. The way the world is built is directly connected to the journey you are taking throughout Spiritfarer. Okay, now, so uh, music and sound design. As, as I explained before, the game focuses on death, but not in an ugly, creepy, scary way. And while the narrative and animation work towards that goal, it is the music that really takes the lead on what emotions to transmit in the end. I'm gonna talk a little bit of topic now. Uh, dead, for me, has never been a taboo topic. It is not something to be afraid of, really. It is probably because of the culture I grew up in. I'm Mexican, so we have a pretty strong culture around dying. You know, day of the dead and such. And that is why we are not afraid of speaking of the dead. Dying is just the natural last step in life. And every 1st and 2nd of November, we remember our dead family members. We create an altar with their favorite food. We add some photos and stuff that they liked. We decorate said altar with Mexican marigold flowers. It is a nice time to sit down and talk of our ancestors. It is always great to listen to stories of our dead grandparents um, or their parents. And that same feeling of comfort around uh, death is what the soundtrack is all about, and it does it marvelously. The soundtrack was made by Canadian composer Max L.L., and the soundtrack of um, Spiritfarer consists of 40 original songs. The game has uh, some dynamic moments, and these are amplified by the music. You feel the rush of capturing jellyfish, for instance. However, even in those moments, you still get the chill vibe of it all. Now, as you would expect, there is a dramatic tone to pretty much all songs. Kind of mystical, too. Falling Stars, for instance, is one of the songs that feels so rich in sounds and at the same time so precise. Stella can play the guitar for the plants to grow faster, too. That specific song, called Song of Growth, is probably my favorite one. It just sticks so easily on your head. I'm no expert in music, sadly, but I can tell you that the soundtrack for this game is definitely one of my favorites of all time. I'm amazed by the amount of emotion that music generated on me. I usually say this, but I really think that a game is nothing without a good soundtrack. Sometimes games are even saved because of those soundtracks. This time I think both joined to create an amazing result for which I'm quite grateful. I will leave you 
with um, the soundtracks link to Apple Music and Spotify on the show notes, so you can check it out. Now, game mechanics and controls. Um, these uh, game mechanics are quite simplified, which makes sense for, again, a 2D platformer. Throughout the game, you will be doing some really easy activities like cutting trees, collection resources, mining, planting, watering plants, cooking, and some other stuff. All of these activities are super, super easy, like pretty much one click. Also, you can collect special resources on special missions, like a dragon encounter or a thunderstorm, on which you can capture lightning on a bottle. Now, the game being a platformer, I don't know, I, I think simplicity was expected, you know? However, the main mechanic is the management of the boat itself. Since the boat has a limited amount of space on it, you will need to be smart about building uh, crates or buildings on it. It's kind of like playing Tetris, where you, you know, you're trying to get as many things as you can in the space given. On the boat is where the coziness of the game really takes place. In a way, it's like um, Animal Crossing New Horizons. You gather resources and generate new buildings. However, the key difference between them is that Stella needs to travel the world to get the necessary resources. On uh, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, pretty much everything you get from your own island. Also, there is a cooperative feature on uh, Spirit Ferrer, uh, where the second player controls the cat, Daffodil. As Daffodil, you can do pretty much the same things as Stella mechanic-wise. However, Stella remains the main character at all times, and her companion stays just that, a companion. This does not mean that playing as Daffodil is boring, because that is definitely, definitely not the case. Actually, I believe... Playing in cooperative mode is a great way to completely experience what Spiritfarer has to offer. I think it enhances that experience, to be honest. Now, regarding gaming details, there are not a lot. The game is really, really straightforward in that regard, doesn't have a lot of uh, extra stuff. But you, for instance, can hug your companions, the companions that are on the boat. And man, that is so, so powerful. It really makes you connect with them. It is a perfect way of um, showing how much Stella cares and loves helping um, all these spirits move on, you know, uh, to the afterlife. And also, during normal gameplay, you usually do not interact much with your cat. It's just like there. But you can do small things with it too, you know. You, I'll say small interactions. You can play a bit with it or like, you know, uh, pet him. And you can also allow it to sit on your lap. And having that connection to the character which you probably spent the most time with, but you talk to uh, the least, is quite important. I love uh, having the opportunity to do that. Overall, Spirit Ferrer was an amazing experience. The representation of death as a beautiful, peaceful journey is great. Having the NPCs see in retrospective their own lives and decisions on life is also an amazing and powerful statement. Those stories and how they intertwine with Stella's own background story create a whole world for you to explore. Also, the soundtrack by Max LL is a true masterpiece that will transport you to the universe that is probably the most scary when you just said it out loud, but when you see it, it's really, really peaceful, peaceful and chill. It's the most beautiful thing you would probably see um, during your lifetime or death time, whatever. And even though the game provides very simple mechanics, the idea of a 
Tetris like management on the boat is great. I loved Spiritfarer. It is certainly a great example of how much indies are impacting the gaming industry right now. I just hope more developers, big and small, created games like this all the time. And that would be all for today's podcast. I thank you all again for tuning in today, and we will be having our weekly episode on Friday night this week, where we will talk about the games announced on the DC Fandom event on Saturday, and probably some of the things that are going to be announced on Gamescom. Until then, stay safe. Cheers. Cheers.